0: Hi, and welcome to Open Arted Podcast. I'm your host, Monica. I'm a pianist and a freelance musician. And here on this podcast, I investigate why making art is more practical than you think. This podcast is powered by the global piano community Piano Buffs, which we recently founded with my husband, Robertus. If you'd like to contribute to the creation of the Open Arted Podcast, please follow the link in the episode description. Your support could be as big as an amount of a cup of coffee per month or any other amount you feel happy to dedicate. Thank you so much. In today's episode, I'm talking with a senior research fellow, Don Bennett, who is also an honorary professor at Bond University, Australia. Dawn has worked as a musician and academic in the UK, Australia, and Canada. She has authored over 60 publications, including understanding the classical music profession. Thanks for joining Open Arte today, and now let's dive in into today's conversation. If the internet is not lying, (laughs) you started uh, to play viola, right? Uh, your magic. first education was in viola yes
1: yeah i still play viola i do yeah yeah you still do right i do i still play i play with a chamber orchestra here um in australia and it's um very part time um but it's um a professional standard orchestra so it it enables me to stay connected with music which is still really important wow so
0: i i didn't know that you are still multitasking right you are the perf- perfect example of uh, what you what you've been writing about
1: <laughs> Oh, kind of i mean i didn't play for a long time i was raising children and had a big academic career and um for several years i didn't play very much at all but as my children have grown up it's given me the opportunity to um to resume my playing and um so yeah the chamber orchestra is great and i play with their um just community symphony. I go along and play for, for them sometimes and that gives me that ability to play in those great big sounds that you really miss. So that's part of who I am as a, as a human being and it's part of my happy, happy space. So it's great to be <laughs> along again. And uh, how about
0: you decided to become a researcher? Uh, what drew your attention to the academia?
1: Hmm, I, I think I've always loved learning um, but I think my, my recollection is that I finished a performance degree and like so many people thought, oh, now what do I do? I'm I supposed to go and get a job in an orchestra and there weren't any, uh, I was in England and at the time. Um, the arts funding was so low, nobody was recruiting musicians. Um, so although I auditioned for orchestras and and was on their list of casual players, there wasn't no work. Um and so, like so many graduates, I, I didn't know how to write an invoice, I didn't know what else I could do with this degree I'd I'd gotten. And so, like so many other people, I made my way and I learned the hard way and created a, a career of teaching and and, and writing and learning and and performing chamber music. But then when I did take that orchestral role and began to teach into higher education sometime later, teaching performance, I could see the same pattern over again and something, had, you know, I'd assumed that in the years, 10 or 12 years since I'd left, my degree, um, things have changed and now graduates were coming out knowing all those things. And I realized graduates were not coming out knowing all those things and still not feeling very much that um, a successful career could be whatever you make it, that being an orchestral musician or a soloist, especially in piano, um, is the, the only successful outcome. So that led me to want to really explore that and create a change. And I think, that was the start of my academic career. Mm, Wow, very interesting. I also saw that you are a book author, right?
0: And you wrote this uh, crazy book from uh, 2012. Let me read uh, uh, one of the comments on Amazon from a person who read your book. This is the life in the real world, how to make music graduates employable. And there is a comment Extraordinarily inspiring guide to help musicians broaden their thinking about their careers. I wish something like this had
1: been available decades ago. Oh, I haven't seen that. Isn't that wonderful? Um, That book is is an edited collection and it's people um, from around the world who had this similar passion for educating the professional musician. We had a commission through the international um. Society for Music Education. And there I met many lifelong friends who had this shared passion for how do we make this happen? And it was funny that that book I pitched to one of the big international publishers and we got all the way through to the marketing um, check and the marketers said, ah, oh, you won't sell that. It's, it's, it's not academic. It's kind of not student text. It's kind of, uh, you know, they couldn't place it. So we didn't get a contract. So we, um, we published it with a tiny university press. Um, and basically we did all the work ourselves and it's still on sale and it's still doing great. So it, you know, it was just such a practical book and yeah, I'm glad that's a lovely comment. (laughs) <laughs> yes,
0: yes, it's actually a bit longer, so I shortened it a little bit, but I really want to get this book, you know <laughs> I'm thinking I will get it online, of course. and uh, what is this real world? I actually wanted to ask you uh, about this transition uh, from going to school to the real world, so to say, because i I am myself now in this um uh, time auditioning, winning some auditions, uh writing my own projects it's actually not sustainable in the in the long run and um yeah what about this transition
1: so you asked about the real world and it's a big world and it's different for all of us and it changes according to our life stage and our circumstances and what we are passionate about and i think the real world is one that we have to make for ourselves as musicians we, we grow up in an environment where performing and performing exceptionally well is the thing that's valued and valued most. It's how, why we audition to get into music degrees. And yet at the other end of the music degree is a career that's really diverse and it's not going to be the same for any two of us. Um, it often involves common things like teaching and performing, um, and trying to run a small business. Um, it often involves us doing all kinds of really innovative things, and yet we're not prepared for those. So I think, you know, if, if you're in the transition stage as a musician, we really have to start questioning some of those hierarchies, like the 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 um, the success musician is someone who gets that performance job, performance role, or is a soloist. And we need to start questioning those and saying, who says, who says that's the most successful? For one person, it could be that actually the most successful outcome is to teach full time and they adore it and they're good at it and they're creating change and influencing lives. And it could be for someone else, the best and most successful outcome is to take those hundreds of thousands of hours of practice time and all the the commitment um, that we have learned and transfer that into a whole other sector of the economy. And that might mean training as something else. And it might simply be going after the jobs that the business graduates are going after. And no one told us we could do that because we're highly sought after. We tend to be really clever thinkers. And we're obviously committed, otherwise (laughs) we wouldn't do a music. So I I think it's a matter of really thinking about what do I want it to look like? And how can I make that happen? And yes, there are some some books and things around to help. And a lot of the universities and colleges now have um, career services that we can return to when we're graduates. And we don't even we often we're not aware of that so um for any transitioning musicians that there are musicians who are 10 years in um you may find actually that the careers people at your institution will still work with you and it's free so it's really we have to design it ourselves you also talked that uh, there is
0: this um, tendency that instead of taking more curious approach to our career development we become very close-minded and we don't want to lose this uh, dominant thinking, right? That's, yeah.
1: I don't know, our egos are too big. <laughs> oh, possibly. I mean, there is a bit of an ego in there, isn't there? But I, I think equally it's their societal expectations, the expectations of other people. We often have had parents and family who are so proud that we, we got into these institutions and we've studied so hard. And people expect that that's what the success is, and it's a brave thing to say to somebody, yeah. Um, but that's not actually what I want. I where where I feel my skills um, are best used is in this in this situation. So there's it, it can be really hard, and I, and I have experienced situations, and I've heard other musicians talk about leaving a performance career, and um, let's say a if you're an orchestral musician and it being in an orchestra and colleagues not speaking to you because they feel that that is a a betrayal of the profession. So there's a lot of dynamics in this, Um, but it is certainly a brave thing. And really, we don't know what we don't know. Uh, We have to explore and try things and think, what is it that I most like doing? And if that is performing, then that's really important. And if it can't be financially viable, then how can I build performing into my life and still make a living somehow? And that might be making the living elsewhere. I make a living elsewhere. I make no money out of music, um, but I used to. So it's, it, it, it's a decision. Uh, the other thing is, I mean, if you think about um, having that transition away from Performance in most careers, if you have a career transition, an enforced one, say somebody's, um, you're an accountant, and the accountancy is completely changed because of artificial intelligence, and all of a sudden you find that half the company's been um, retrenched, and you no longer have a job. That's an enforced transition. And in in a typical world, the way Freud sees it, you let go of that which you've lost, and then you move on. So it's really quite linear. Let it go and now let's reinvent and do something else. And in music where we have such a passion for our field and such a a commitment and it's so much part of our identity, I don't believe that happens. I think what we have to do is to take that thing that we're passionate about and we're saying this isn't feasible in the long term and that we don't let it go. I don't think we let it go. We it, it kind of stays there as part of us and we need to somehow turn it into, yes, it's a, it can be a regret, but it's not. It's a re- reorientation. It's thinking differently about how can this thing I'm passionate about be part of my life and be really self-assured. We have to have confidence in ourselves that actually as musicians, we can do so many things. You look at the heads of banks and law companies and governments um who are doing incredible things and you look at their at their initial degree music performance so it's where we want to be and and making that part of keeping that music part of our identity intact but not necessarily linked with how we make a living
0: yeah i think that many of us think that somehow you are a successful musician once you make money out of performing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's not not a criticism of musicians. It's it's the culture we grow up in that's already very firmly embedded in us when we go to a music school where that's already been there. And the music school, of course, its um, performance indicators are – getting the great musicians out as well. But what we try in in higher education and universities and music colleges is offering all these great things like career services and opportunities to learn how to teach or opportunities to do double degrees or focus on um, uh, working in the community or try out music therapy and so many students say, oh, no, no, I'm not doing that because um, I have to focus, I have to focus, I need to be in the practice room. And that's a really hard one to break as an institution because you can't force students to do things other than practice and yet you know that the people who who learn to to do other things are getting so much depth and breadth and and, and stimulation from those activities. Often their practice time is far better but you don't know that you've done it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I think somehow also it's very hard to accept at least for me I remember that uh, you know I I decided to undertake interesting projects not because um I was unsuccessful in performing but because I was genuinely curious Mm-hmm. But somehow there's always this thoughts at the back of uh, my head or you know my colleague's head that somehow drifting away from this uh, linear path is is wrong is you know you shouldn't get distracted and uh, it's very hard to understand whether it's your thought or these thoughts are. Yeah kind of put on us you know i
1: mean it's so common and you're right it is it's peer pressure it's not just um family and society it's it's in our inner circle of friends and and there is a sense of betrayal sometimes when we steer from that path and i guess that's where the the bravery comes in we do have to be brave to say um i i i am taking another path And, and this is not because I'm leaving music or giving up on music. It's because I have made a decision that music is going to be part of the things I do with my life and not all of the things I do with my life. Um, and, and sometimes it's even harder when we don't know what we're going to. Um, so when I, I left, um, a full-time orchestral job and, um, I went for an orchestral job because I thought you you should do <laughs> because that's successful. So I did that, took the job, and the audition was Friday. And on Tuesday the following week, I started work. And I remember and will always remember Thursday morning, so this is day three of my full-time orchestral job, sitting at the back of the viola section. I was in my early 20s and thinking, In 40 years' time, I could still be on this chair in this room, being told which way up my bow should move, when to stand, when to sit, when to be here, what to wear, how fast to play. The no way, (laughs) and I absolutely, I adored my time in the orchestra, and I've joined a couple of orchestras since, and absolutely loved them. But But there was no way I was going to be. Happy for me personally, I, I like I like being creative and I like having autonomy. I like having a say in what I do. And I would like to say, how about we do this bit um softer or slower or faster? That's chamber music, not orchestral music. So it's interesting. Sometimes I think we we have this aspiration to get there, but we don't know what there looks like. And then I know I'm not alone in in getting to an orchestral role and thinking, oh, okay, this is. This is what that is. Um, This is great experience and I'm going to love it, but I'm not going to do it forever. Mm.
0: You must be really brave because you undertook such a difficult topic to investigate, right? There was no, also you talked that there is very little research uh, in this musical career uh, Mm.
1: fields, right? That's true. There's a lot more now. But when I set out to do this in 2002 um, and I was an orchestral musician well, was I? No, I wasn't. I was working for a university and um, bit uh running a music program and um and playing. And the first thing I did when I enrolled in a PhD, day one, I thought I'm going to look up the word musician in the Groves Dictionary, and listeners will all know, because we all know the Groves Dictionary. I'm going to look up the word musician. And then I'm going to take that definition and I'm going to look at whether that is what actually musicians do. And that was my PhD. And I looked it up and it isn't in there. And it still isn't in there. So when I retire one day, I'm going to write the entry for musician, for the Groves Dictionary of Music and Musicians, because the word musician is not in there. And that really made me think that no one has actually defined what a musician is. (laughs) <laughs> and so my PhD from day one Cheng' uh, course to actually say what, what are classically trained musicians, what do we do, what um, prompts us to do those things and are we preparing music students um, to, to navigate that world and find their own success?
0: Actually, fun fact that I uh, spent a night in a room where Grove's Dictionary was written. <laughs> <laughs> in England, there there's
1: this beautiful house. <laughs> uh, so you could have had a time machine and you could have gone back and written the entry for <laughs> musician. That would be great.
0: No, but I, I I wish I wish that your wish comes true actually, and
1: uh, and you. I, I you it's not gonna happen till I retire, but I'm gonna get that word in the dictionary. It's a, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's an unfinished, unfinished business, as they say.
0: <laughs> right. So what are those gaps you think in the music education?
1: Well, a really simple level, I guess the the skills of um running a small business being an entrepreneur, managing people, understanding finance, all those really practical things of, of being a small business person, which is the reality for mil- most musicians, even musicians who are f- in full-time roles in an, an opera company, for instance. Um, the majority of them, because the pay isn't great, and the majority of them are running small businesses on the side. So from a practical perspective, it, it's there's a lot of skills we could equip people with. And I think, and this comes back to the the difficulty of engaging music students in these things when we offer them, you you offer a business 101 um, introduction to business course in a music performance degree, and few students will choose to take it because they don't understand the relevance of it. So I think to get that message across, we need to insist on music students having experience beyond their programs to be out in community in industry um, experiencing all kinds of different dimensions of music making and listening Um, and from that developing you use the word curious that curiosity that that leads us to explore things further and it's from those experiences that we start to develop I think as as well I would say not that you have it. You can have an identity performer, but this isn't a, a bachelor of performance. It's a bachelor of music. So you need to actually have the breadth as a musician, and a musician is much more than a performer. So if we if we can kind of really explore that and also role model that, one of the things that's a, a bit ironic in in a music college is when you say, you know, what does your and what does your um, piano teach? Oh, so you what you're you're studying with X? Oh, what do they do? And they say, oh, they're amazing. They they are signed with Deutsche Grammophon, and they they play with this piano quintet, and they do this and this and this. And very rarely will a student say, oh, and they teach. And you have exactly. to say they also teach because they teach. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So well, have you talked to them about why they teach? Um, you know, look at Yehudi Menuhin and Isaac Stern, and you know they all say they teach because not just to give back, but because that's where there's so much pleasure in. Yeah. So, it's a, it's engaging students. I think you've got to we've got to force people to to be more open to the 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 whole wonderful world of living with music and. um and once you, you kind of push people through that door to have a little look, then most people will start to explore on their own. And why do you think there is such a big resistance between students? Um, because as we've said, the culture is that performance is the success. I'm here doing a performance degree to perform, to become a performer. And every hour out of the practice room is an hour where the person next door is going to be better than I am. It's mm. that fiercely competitive environment, and a and a curriculum that doesn't necessarily support it either. So, if you've got a curriculum, imagine. Uh, and I wrote this when when I did my PhD all those years ago, and that became a book as well. And I I turned the 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 curriculum after playing with so many different designs. In the end, I just turned the whole thing inside out and said, imagine if instead of having all your performance courses at the centre of your programme and all those other things you have to do around the outside, you know, all the things we don't want to do like music theory and harmony and history. Imagine if you put all the things that you needed to know um, as a musician one, all of them, but you know a good a, a good swathe of things you you would want to know as a musician in the center of a degree and then you put all the performance stuff around the outside and you use what's in the center to inform the outside and what's on the outside to inform the inside. Um, and that way people could choose the types of performance um, activities they wanted to be engaged in. and as a pianist, um again look at look at accompaniment which is always seen as a, a second best but there's so much joy in chamber music or what about jazz and the 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 amount of work that is open to us if we can improvise um so uh, you know enabling those kinds of experiences but turning the whole thing inside out i immediately think about
0: our practice you know and uh being myself in the business of music, so to say, uh, I always question how manageable it is, you know? Uh, Because I feel that the skill of playing requires so much time and focus and effort, and it's really, really challenging to run all those things, you know, together together plus having a daily life as you know going to grocery stores raising kids having a family life and then uh playing at the high level you know and uh i always noticed i i always noticed once i invest more time into you know running my business so to say I lose time in practice room and then I, f- I, I become very upset as my lev- level of playing is dropping. And the, 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 and the fulfillment I feel, you know, only is when I practice and I feel that my hands are warm, you know.
1: <laughs> oh, and, and It's so easy to say to somebody, you can practice less and practice smarter, but maybe people are already practicing smarter. For me, I found that mental practice um, I, you know, and I'm not in my twenties anymore. So for me, mental practice is now physically very important, but also is an extraordinarily good use of time. And I can do mental practice with headphones playing nothing, just noise canceling, on a bus, on a train, in a waiting room. Um, and I quite often learn new works without picking up my instrument. Um, so that I've found strategies like that. But I've also found that my technical skill level playing in an ensemble keeps my technical skill level up in the way that a practice room could never do. And I don't know why that is, but my guess is that it's a bit like Putting on a fitness video at home and and promising myself that I'm really gonna you know I'm gonna do everything on there. The difference between that and being with in a group in the gym where people where you're being forced and you're just totally in the zone. I think it's something to do with that difference. And so playing with other people, I found for me um, has been the how to keep that technical skill level up. But again, you're describing loss because you're describing the loss of that technical. Agility which is it demands daily attention and and how how do you it's a really hard balancing act isn't it because you if are you still wanting to and I'm not asking you but I mean in general if if a musician is still wanting to do the international competitions that's what demands those you know fourteen hours a day of practice um or is it something else that's driving that practice? And if it's something else, then it's how good do I need to be to make that something else really satisfying? And it could be that playing with an ensemble is a better use of time than than practicing scales. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. But, but it's different for everyone, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it, it is a difficult, uh, difficult question. Uh, I think it's quite hard to disconnect yourself from playing once you've been doing that every day for such a long time, right? Mm -hmm. And that uh, that that was your priority always. And uh, somehow everything else feels like a waste of time, although logically you understand that it's not true.
1: (laughs) Maybe I'm just too young. (laughs) No, no, I I think you're very wise. (laughs) Yeah, the logic in you can tell you it's not true. If we look at, because um, what, what happened with my academic career was I did this PhD looking at what musicians do and then realized that actually there are the same challenges for dancers and artists and business graduates and law graduates and statistics graduates, <laughs> you know, it's it's really um it's morphed into how we, we how we prepare people for employability. And from a careers perspective, the the advice that I Tend to offer when when asked um, is that we we hear a lot of career planning, and um, career planning is really important. But actually, you could do away with career planning altogether and do life planning. And the reason is that most of us will have five careers, or ten careers, or twelve careers. It depends on who you read. Um, but we will only ever be us. I will always be me and you will always be you, but we may be doing lots of different things. So why would we plan our life around a single career? It would be much better to plan a life and think about how that career fits into the life. And so that might be somebody who is loving performance work or loving another aspect of music, composition, for instance, because we've only talked about performance. who who really wants to do nothing other than compose, makes the decision that when they're planning a life, they actually do want to be able to buy a house or have a car or afford to raise children and not work um, eight days a week. Um, And that as part of that decision-making, and it's all based on how we think about success, As part of that decision-making, we say, okay, so this bit of my life I'm going to dedicate to music because that's really important to me. What else do I need? I need this amount of income. Okay, how am I going to do that? So I'm going to um, do some (laughs) (laughs) open-hearted. So as a broadcaster and as an interviewer, I'm going to think about how that skill is really saleable and is very valued in the labour market, but have I actually ever gone out and told people about it? I'm going to start looking at advertisements for jobs that would fit into the The music, if the music bit's the primary bit, I've got that bit in place, that can happen anytime. So where could I find an income that is supportive of that? There is a global shortage, and there has been for, well, since I've been researching 20 years, um, of um, people who have um, arts and business. So people who have a sense sense of business, you know, admin, which we all do as musicians and organisation, who also are creative. So the labour market wants people that are creative and those things that might be advertised that, that say, you know, a Bachelor of Business or equivalent, we don't even think that our Bachelor of Music is equivalent, but our practice is. So it's about us starting to be really confident in who we are as musicians, as intelligent, independent people, often deep thinkers, very curious, and how do we then take the music part of ourselves and find a place for that amidst things that supported and complemented?
0: Yes, I couldn't agree more that uh, you can have multiple careers throughout uh, a mm. lifespan, right? I, I recently mm-hmm. heard uh, heard this in a workshop in London that, you know, if you had a career for 10 years, it's
1: already a career. You can change it. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the difference between a job and a career. And somebody say, well, career is about calling and it follows a passion. And I I don't know. I I don't don't use the terminology if it's confusing. Just think about a life. We want a life. We only get every day once. And what what do I what makes me happy? What kinds of things make me feel like I'm um uh, I'm having a meaningful existence and what kinds of values do I have and how do I Who do I want to be with? Where do I want to be? Are there times of day and night or the week or the year when I actually just want to be at home? And one of the things that struck me as a chamber musician, this is before my orchestral exploits, um, I was in a trio in in England and um, the end of the trio was when we became more successful. Um, I had very young children and... The the trio was offered, I can't remember, many months contracts, but I don't remember the number of months on one of the big cruise liners um, as um, chamber ensemble in residence, and it was really well paid. And the other two members of my trio were married to each other and didn't have children. So for them, it was what an amazing opportunity, but for me it was not possible. And so because we'd become more successful, I couldn't continue in the trio. Which, which was a real sense of loss for me because I love that chamber music experience. But, um, you know, that yes. I had to figure like out how, how music would fit differently. And for me, the answer was, well, let's go and get a real job. Let's go and work in an orchestra. Mm-mm. I think with chamber music, it's always
0: very complicated because it's <laughs> almost like a marriage. It's like a marriage, yeah. but every single person that has their own has their personal lives and then you have to manage those personal lives with this marriage, right? Absolutely. Really Anyone challenge. as a
1: soloist, the more successful you are as a soloist or as a conductor, conductors are another one, the more successful you are, the less time you're, you're at home and if if that's okay if that fits into your life at that time that is fantastic it doesn't matter your life is wherever your music is but if you have a partner a life partner or you have carer responsibilities for family or you just don't want to be away all the time then that can be really hard actors talk about it a lot the more successful they are the less they're at home and the less they feel grounded so it's not unique to music but but it is a consideration and it's not one that Many people would think about—I certainly didn't—that the more successful I am, the less I'm going to be at home. I didn't even think of that when I was starting a family. I just kept I, going. Yeah, I wanted to say that maybe we have a
0: wrong understanding uh, about success.
1: Yeah, I think that's at the heart of it. What is this? What is success as a musician? So, if you look up musician in some dictionaries, which do include it, it will say something like. A musician, someone who performs especially professionally. That's really limited. And then I would ask, so um, what about conductors? Are they musicians? Well, they don't perform. Um, uh, what about composers? Are they musicians? They don't com- perform. What about teachers? Are they musicians? They generally perform as well. So you can really get um, some good conversations going with people by starting with that definition. But it is, if if that's what a musician is defined as, and that's in any, any standard dictionary, there's that kind of definition, it very rarely mentions the other things that musicians do. And I would argue that actually that's the definition of a performer, a music performer, not the definition of a musician. So if we're going to be musicians, then all the things we do Count as being a musician. And, you know, think about the sense of loss. I remember once interviewing a, a musician, a violinist who was just the most superb violinist. And she woke up one morning and couldn't move. And they didn't know what had happened, whether she'd had a stroke. She was young. Um, and it turned out it was some form of arthritis that was sudden onset. And um, she couldn't even walk for, for, for a while. She now, or at the time I was interviewing her, was teaching and, um, and, and able to play with students, but she was never going to, she was a full-time, um, violinist and a really, really amazing one. And when I was interviewing her and I asked her about the definition of a musician and I said to her, um, I, that, that. I thought that the definition was broader and I gave her what my idea was and she cried. She sat there and just cried and she said, I felt I'd lost my identity as a musician because I no longer perform. And I said, well, so how long do you have to not perform for to not be a musician? And those conversations we don't have very often But I think if we did them as part of how we define success as a musician and we were provocative in those questions and we engaged students in them and we gave them permission to think outside performance about the other things they absolutely love to do, um, we might be really surprised. And I suspect that more music students than we would than we would expect would actually say, well, it's not so much the performing, it's the performing with people, or it's the social aspect of music, or it's the community aspect of music, or they would have other things. But mm. we don't ask. So we need to start that dialogue with people early and, and give them permission to be curious. You interviewed a lot of musicians, I, I suspect, right? <laughs> and I did. It was great. I, um, I gave up my job um, because I couldn't manage that and a PhD and I, I had children. So I decided that I would give up my academic job and I auditioned for the orchestra in my local city and got um, a, um, permanent, a permanent casual role straight away. So I was able to play um, for as many weeks as I wanted to play. So I had work. Yes, this was a risk. Uh, (laughs) But um, uh, that's what I did, and I did a bit of teaching. And um, But one of the fantastic things that resulted from that was because I was in an orchestra every week and one of the musicians, um, people would talk to me. So there was no... Um, need. I mean, I did consult the orchestras management to say this is what I'm doing, but I. But it wasn't like being an outsider asking them to tell me about what it's like to be a musician. I was. I was, um, part of the music scene, and so as an as an a participant observer, I was able to um, interview so many musicians, and they told me amazing stories. What have you noticed? Uh, was the repeated.
0: Tendency among musicians, you know were there any challenges uh, same challenges they experienced, or something uh, caught your attention? yes
1: challenge challenges would include um, a loss of identity and how to deal with that um, feeling. Unsuccessful because of those narrow definitions of success that we grow up with. Those those are really common challenges. And practical challenges are just as I was as a graduate, really not knowing where to start, um, not having learned the skills to um it, even if it's for performance too how do i how do i go to a venue and say i'd like to put on a concert how do i put together a budget how do i get funding how do i write invoices how do i employ people all those things that you have to do when you're working for yourself um though, though those are real challenges really practical challenges um so but i think as I said, I, I think we can, and there are lots of examples around the world of where conservatoires and music colleges are uh, working in this space, but it, it's really about getting students and faculty, because faculty is really influential, to um faculty to role model the diversity of their lives as musicians and students to recognize that and to be, and I, I used the word earlier, forced. Um, It's probably not the best word, but, but that it should be compulsory for music students to encounter more than performance and to start to explore all the things that are available to them as musicians.